0: Welcome to the Women of Fintech podcast series. We are here today to celebrate the wins, raise awareness of the challenges and walk the talk for change across the entire industry. Today we are joined by Megan Dunford, Group Leader, Strategic Planning at Western Union. Megan drives the execution of key initiatives, providing strategic thought leadership and financial management oversight and support for the Partner Strategy and Solutions team. Alongside this, she is the global lead for Western Union's Women's Employee Resource Group, Women at WU. She has introduced several new programs, including the monthly Women at WU speaker series and extraordinary contributions that puts a spotlight on the women driving the strategy forward. She is here today to share her story and some of the lessons along the way. So, Megan, it's great to have you here. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. So just to kick us off, tell us a little bit about your role and what that entails.
1: Awesome. Yeah, so as you said, I'm the group leader strategic planning for our partner strategy and solutions team. And it's the kind of role where you're involved in a little bit of everything. So support the annual planning process, our budget process, and keep an eye on the budget as the year goes. But also, you know, leading strategic initiatives for the team or, you know, being a representative for the team on other cross-functional initiatives as well as supporting the team with communication. So managing our newsletter, preparing for all hands calls and supporting the head of partner strategy and solutions in you know, really driving our strategy for our team. I think that leads me really
0: nicely onto the strategy that you've got for Western Union Women's Strategy or the Woo strategy. <laughs> and I know that that's had a huge impact on inclusion. So just tell
1: us a bit more about that, please. Yeah, absolutely. So Women at Woo is kind of my passion project. So it's on top of my day job, but It's the best part. And it's not just me. We have a a small group of women who support that and make sure our programs run and come up with new programs, which we call the Women at WOO Task Force. And in the last year, we've really introduced a lot of new programs, but Women at WOO has been around for five or six years and really started with introducing the idea of peer mentoring circles, which we call the Women at WOO Circles. And so that's where it really started. And that's how I initially got involved as a co-lead of one of the circles and I was based in Toronto. Mm -hmm. And then when I came to London, I was lucky enough to also be able to lead a circle in London. And then last year, I took on the global lead role for the overall ERG and working with the task force. And as you mentioned, you know, in the intro, we did introduce some new programs this year. So the Speaker Series and Spotlighting Extraordinary Contributions, are kind of our two big new programs that have complemented the circles. And you know, one of the reasons I'm so passionate about it is it is bringing women together and giving them more tools and outlets, but also, you know, with the circles, it's expanding your network, allowing you to have some peer mentoring, really dig into topics that are important to the circle, whether it's how do I apply for the job at the next level, all you know, work life balance, How do I say no? You know, really, what are the topics that are important? And each circle can kind of design it themselves, which I think is really amazing, because then it's what matters to the women in that circle. And there have been some studies that women, successful women, have an inner circle of women. And I think that's really important because women are uniquely placed to understand each other's challenges. But I think what's great about the circles at WU is Not only do they understand what challenges might be unique to women, but they also understand the culture internally. And so, and each company has their own culture that everyone needs to navigate. So, you know, it's that extra layer that I think is really helpful. And then the speaker series really builds on that. So, we've had some external speakers on great topics like perseverance and dealing with conflict, but our most successful ones have been the internal speakers. I think because it's really inspiring to see how senior women in our business have navigated and been successful, you know whether they've been in the organization and built their career within the organization. So we had some really great speakers who have, you know, 15, 20 years experience at Western Union. So it's amazing to see their stories and how they've navigated and see their success so then you know other women can see the path, but also even women who are new to the organization, just seeing those success stories with people you know a little bit is amazing. And then it's also another way to get to know our leaders even better, which I think is awesome, which again, then Extraordinary Contributions really just builds on that and highlights women who are driving our strategic priorities forward, regardless of what level they're at, regardless of what location they're in. So that's awesome. And we did two spotlights last year, and this year we're hoping to get three or four and just continue, you know, building on the foundations we built last year.
0: Well, that sounds super exciting. And how interesting, isn't it? That the internal speakers have been the most successful. I suppose that's because they're relatable. So you can imagine sitting there and thinking, well, I I could do that because I see you, I can, I can reach you because you're within my organization. And I think that relatability is just, it's so often overlooked within our industry. And I think that's a really unique thing that you're able to share. And the fact that you've just given us an example of someone that's been in your business for 15, 20 years who is happy and willing to say, look, these are the challenges that I have faced. This is how I've navigated it. This is my advice to everyone around me. And I'm open. I feel okay to share that with you all. Like just within that sentence, it's psychological safety, it's confidence, it's a handling imposter syndrome. There's, you know, there's everything within that. That's just so powerful. Giving that as an example, out of all the things that you're doing, what would you say have been the biggest wins?
1: That's a really good question. I think the biggest win for us at Women at Woo is not something I mentioned, and it's really building on that and starting to have some metrics and knowing like what's working, what's successful. So with the speaker series, we start, we introduced, and we didn't do this from the beginning, unfortunately, but about halfway through the year, we started introducing just a couple poll questions. So our speaker series is, you know, just on Zoom so that everyone you know regardless of location can can join and so we started introducing you know question at the beginning is this your first time attending the speaker series and then just at the end would you recommend this so kind of that recommendation score And similar with circles, we've just done a survey and asked for feedback. So what works, what doesn't work, but again, asked, would you recommend circles for others? But even more exciting is starting to build some of those more detailed metrics. So with circles specifically, we started to look at, okay, if you're in a circle, What does that mean for your likelihood to stay with the organization? What does that mean for your likelihood to move roles or get promoted? So I think that's the biggest win is starting to really see the impact. You know, before I think we felt it, but it was you know, more anecdotal, whereas now we're starting to get some actual measures and then over time, we'll be able to continue to monitor our progress and be able to focus on the things that really are supporting the women at Western Union and driving inclusion. I think on a corporate level, just, you know, Western Union is very committed to DEI and increasing this. And last year appointed a chief diversity and talent officer and DEI program director just started this week. So really that additional commitment from the organization, I think is a huge win. So we have, you know, quite a few ERGs and we've been, you know, volunteering our time, but to have that extra commitment from the organization is huge. And I'm super excited to see where we can go this year with that additional support and how the ERGs can work together even more because I think that's one thing just I think for all organizations is it's not just about the individual kind of ERGs, but how do you work together because no one's just one thing. So from an inclusion standpoint, of, you know, how do you look at that intersectionality as well?
0: I think it's really important to underline this point that you've made here as one of the biggest successes around that that sort of metrics and measurement. And you know what you just said there about the impact the circle has on retention and progression. So retention and progression are probably the, the two biggest subjects when it comes to women within the industry and in the financial services industry and in the financial mm-hmm. services technology industry. We have so many stats that tell us that women enter the industry but then leave within eight years for many reasons that we could go into and that we're working to change and battle against. But that retention piece is so, so important and inextricably linked with progression, because there are so many stories of the women of this industry who find that the playing field isn't level for them to be promoted they don't know how to ask for promotion but they're often overlooked for promotion as well and when they are asked they seem to have to jump through more hoops than what what is perceived from others and you know in other podcasts of mine we've we've had case studies of that too but what we haven't had is someone say what you've just said there that you're measuring the impact of these resource groups and these circles on that retention and that progress. So I think that's absolutely brilliant for us all to listen to and think about how we can implement that as well.
1: Yeah, I think, as you said, you know, how do we actually know what's working? And it's great to hire and have great diverse slates and get more women in the organization. But if we can't keep them or they don't feel there's a career path for them, you're just kind of bleeding out the other end. And so it is really important that we're not only thinking about how we're getting new women into the organization, but how are we supporting women and giving them the information on how to build their career within not only our organization, but within the industry. Absolutely. So
0: when we talk about the industry, what policies do you think need changing to allow for authentic inclusion to happen within the workplace?
1: There's lots of great policies and you see organizations starting to implement them around not just maternity leave, but wider parental leave. So I think it's not just about women being able to take leave, but men as well. Flexible working is really key, again, for for everyone, especially kind of we've learned through COVID that can do it at home and get the work done. So I think those are some really key policies, but I think it's more than just policies because a lot of these policies already existed in a lot of organizations. It's also supporting a culture that allows you to use these things. So if it's flexible working, you shouldn't be penalized for actually working from home one or two days a week if that's the policy or be penalized for taking your full maternity leave or paternity leave, things like that. So I think it's policies are important, but it's also helping the culture so that people can do that. And I think in the last year of working, you know, with women at Woo and do a lot of reading just in general of becoming kind of more passionate about the flip side. So it's not just about how can we get more tools for women, but how do we also support men, because my belief now is women have done a lot to get themselves forward and crack the glass ceiling. But it's really hard to get to the next level if we don't also change things for men and make it okay for men to take paternity leave. Or if we want to have more empathetic workplaces, you know, then we have to break down those patriarchal ideals that box in men too, who can't express what they're feeling or take time off or utilize those flexible work as an example. Flexible work is a great example of the culture needs to be that everyone can take it. So whether you have children or not, if you're single, you're a man, you're a woman, whatever, you should all be encouraged to take it and then no one gets penalized. And those are the things that really will help, I think, in my view, get us kind of to the next level of really in supporting that inclusion where you can be your whole self at work and support your whole life within your career as well and not just have to make those same trade-off decisions that maybe in the past we've had to. I'm super passionate about what you've just said there about breaking down the patriarchal
0: ideals that box in men also because I think whenever we talk about diversity, equity or inclusion, when we talk about addressing the gender imbalance within our industry, it's often seen as, well, that's a problem for someone else to fix. That's an over there issue. No, no, it's right here and it's here for all of us. And I think you've just really hit the nail on the head about breaking down those patriarchal ideals and breaking down the expectation and the perception of, as you said, maternity and paternity leave. And if we are all playing our part and we are all trying to change this and drive this forward, then we're going to see the change that you talk of. So it's really, really helpful to hear that. And when you said supporting a culture that allows you to take up policies, yeah, no clearer word said because there are so many businesses out there that they feel that they can rest on the laurel that they do have the policy, but they know full well that no one feels confident, comfortable enough, secure enough to take it. So I'm really, really happy to hear you call out that as well because again, we all have a responsibility to drive that forward. So My final question, my favourite, which is always the (laughs) call to action question with regards to what more we should all be doing for genuine, authentic workplace inclusion.
1: So I think there's two things I would say. So, one that's kind of specific and related to Women at WOO is in your organization, even if your organization doesn't have employee resource groups today, don't be scared to start one. You can start grassroots. Like you could start your own circle, have a conversation with your HR team. You know, it doesn't have to start as a corporate global initiative. You can really start small, whether it's just inviting, you know, a senior woman in your office to come to the boardroom and invite the other women in the office and have a chat or the mini version of like a speaker series or start your own circle, whether it's formal or informal. The one thing I would say with circles is you know, like everything, they benefit best from diversity. So you don't want to just create a circle with the people you know, but that's not a bad way to start. I think we all benefit from having that kind of inner circle and board of directors or tribe or whatever you want to call it. So I think that's a great place to start on an individual level. And then you can broaden that with something like a circle and that can be very grassroots. But then don't be afraid to talk to HR and your leadership about what more can you do. And these things don't necessarily cost anything. So that would be one thing I would say is start because there are lots of things you can do and get off the ground and see some kind of immediate benefit from. And then the other is more that cultural global thing about, I think we all need to just take a look at our culture and our own kind of unconscious bias because talking about patriarchal ideals those are ingrained in everyone women too and so it's just taking that step back and seeing what are the things that maybe i'm contributing to how can i help whether it's you know not judging a man for not manning up or not judging a woman because she is really aggressive and taking that step back and being, if this was a man doing that, would I feel the same way? Would I react the same way? And I know it's really difficult and it's, you never can stop doing that, I guess, in a way because it is ingrained in us because that's been the nature of culture, especially in Western cultures for a long time. But I guess that would be the other call to action is just take a step back, find ways to educate yourself as well, whether it's internal reflection or reading or talking to people. And, you know, that's something both men and women can do, which improves things for everyone.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I really like that you've given us really clear examples of that too. Like, why do I feel this way? Why have I made that assumption about that person? why has that wound me up? Like, she really isn't that aggressive, because if a man was speaking that aggressively, I would have found that normal. Like, w- like why am I behaving that way? And I think yeah. that's brilliant advice, because it's just so easy, again, for us to think this is an over there issue. And I think m- me as well, as, as a woman who is trying to drive the gender imbalance in financial services technology, I'm learning every day. And I have to question my own culture and the way that that i've been brought up to have certain patriarchal ideals and i think you know just hearing that from you that's definitely spurred me on to continue questioning myself to really pull myself back when I'm making assumptions and falling into that trap. So, this has been just such a, an eye opening podcast. It's brilliant to hear what great case studies you've shared with us, the, the clear examples of what we can all do to be better within this, but also the tangibles that people can pick up and do straight away. So, it's been brilliant having you here on the show. Thank you so much for being on the Women of FinTech podcast series.
1: Thank you so much for inviting me. It was awesome chatting with you. Thank you i